0: Welcome back, friends, and happy new year to the first Shuttle Pod of 2021. I am your host, Jared. Joining me are my other hosts, Brian. Hi everybody. And Kayla. Hey guys. Are you guys excited for Shuttle Pod episode number ninety two? Yeah, new year, new episode. This is a I think we're gonna have a little bit of fun with this one. This is like I think we will too. Yeah. I, I we didn't have to put too much brain power in it. Does anyone have any um, uh New Year's resolutions they want to lay bare before the good children of the shuttle pod before we get underway.
1: Oh darn. You know, I usually make New Year's resolutions and this year I think with just all the craziness, I was like, I ain't got time for that. Mm. And I've been lax.
2: Yeah, it was it was kind of hard to even focus yeah, focus on it.
1: I, I do have to say that I think New Year's resolutions are actually really awesome. Yes, especially if you're able to pick one and yeah. make it an achievable thing. Mm-hmm. Um one year I picked um being more slow being slower and more methodical in my work. Wow. Because I had um a mentor of mine comment to me that I when I was working sometimes I would go I would go really fast and like click all around the screen and just be like have to get things done. Mm-hmm. And I think it was the mindset that I that I got into when I was um a PhD student, like having to finish things, you know, and, and just worrying about getting publications out and stuff. And so I made that my my like mindfulness resolution and it changed my life i spent like the good first six months of that year being slow and and purposeful in my actions and yeah it was great
0: that's good have you been have you is has that become a habit is that part of being dr kayla now
1: uh i definitely still have to watch myself to make sure i don't run away but it's the fact that i was able to do it and notice it. i can notice it now Mm -hmm. when i when I slip. So it's been very helpful. That's great. Oh Oh,
2: man. That's that's awesome. I love hearing stuff like that. That's so cool.
0: My, uh, the best New Year's resolution I ever had was, uh, this was like 2012 or something that I would never let my mother go to voicemail when she called. Oh, and I've mostly been able to do that.
1: Sometimes you can't help it.
0: Sometimes you can't help it. And unfortunately she and my dad are of a generation where they don't text said text messages. Mm. So I kind of, I kind of have to,
1: That's a good one. Just staying in touch with your mom more.
0: Yep. Another good goal is if I ever end up manipulating my fellow Trek movie staff into performing a dangerous stunt while we're piloting out by Saturn, if one of you dies, I promise not to bully the rest of you into covering it up. I promise. That's That's going to be a
1: really hard... Um promise to keep. I mean, I it's just so specific.
0: I know it's tough, but you it, we grow, <laughs> we grow through challenging ourselves. <laughs> anyway, that's not what, that's not what we came here to talk about. So this is, is uh, as Brian mentioned, is a fun, lighthearted episode. What we've done, and we've talked about this a little bit oh, uh, over the months or years. Uh, we finally have room to do it is we're going to do our top threes. So the three of us we've written down what our top three characters are in the vast pantheon of Star Trek without showing them to each other. And what we're going to do is two of us are going to take turns trying to guess what the third person's favorite characters are and then we'll reveal and discuss. I think it should go pretty well. All right.
1: I think this was a great idea, Jared. I believe this was your idea. Mm-hmm. And the my favorite part of this is the guessing. Because when I sat at first, I was like, oh, it could be fun, I guess. You know, whatever. Top three characters. And then when I actually sat down to to not only write my own, but even more fun, was trying to guess what your guys' are. Because uh-huh. at first I was like, this is going to be so easy. And then, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. I have some ideas. But, but picking three out of all of Star Trek is just so hard It is to do. And, and so, actually, yeah.
0: for myself, I've written out to my top five. And then I have an alternate honorable mention for, for each of you guys to increase my chances of getting the right one. I have to admit
1: I have I have honorable mentions as well. Okay, oh. perfect. All right.
0: Okay, who do we want to start with? Do we want to go uh, alphabetical? Sure. Sure. Okay, so Brian, mm. we're gonna we're gonna guess who your favorite characters are.
2: It's These gonna are be mine. So it's gonna be so hard, guys. I'm telling you. I, I, I think
0: I think not only might I have them, but I might have them in the right order. Yeah, okay, number one, and don't react, wait till mm-hmm. Kayla's guess. Yes, yes. Okay, number one is Spock, number two is Kirk. Number three is Data and the honorable mention is Picard.
1: Good guess. Hey, no good no guess. reaction.
0: No reaction. Kayla. Here,
1: here's my thoughts you. on that. So I agree with you in part. I have number one as Spock and I have number two as Kirk. But this number three was hard. I definitely don't think it's Picard. Because I think Brian's like like Brian's like show with a Picard. They get each other, but they're like they're not friends. They're like colleagues. Hmm. That's like my feeling. But you can you correct me if I'm wrong? So I put number 3 as Serik.
2: Ooh. Interesting. I,
1: I also have an honorable mention of Minuet. Wow. And I realize she's not a, a a character that's been in several episodes, but I just know that Brian is fond of Minuet, so. Am I? You're not?
2: <laughs> oh, <that's> interesting. <laughs> interesting. Ah.
1: Uh. Okay, I thought that was obvious.
2: No, 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 no. I, I like the episode oh. she's in, but
1: maybe it's just like whenever we brought her up, we'd be like, Oh, but she's like the you know, the very special hologram minuet, and Brian would be like, Oh, minuet, yes, yeah. so as if you were, you know, in Riker's shoes at that moment. <laughs>
2: I mean, we all like wanted it, though. We. Hey, hey, that's cool though. That's cool that you picked up on that. But... <laughs> yeah. Hey, Brian, for the reveal. It's very vanilla and very obvious, Jared. You had it r- almost right. Um, first is Kirk.
1: Kay? Oh,
2: since I was six years old, I mean, he's been he's been the guy. Um, then Spock, and then Jean-Luc Picard. Ah. Oh, okay. see,
1: I didn't think you held him in as high.
2: Oh, I do. Regard.
1: I mean, I don't know if you liked him, but I know like, you, you didn't like him at first.
2: No, I did not. Picard grew on me. I think he grew on a lot of people because at the beginning of the series, I felt like he was kind of an ass. And not well, he kind of was. Yeah, mm-hmm. not particularly an appealing individual. I gradually warmed up to him during the first three seasons, and then when they did Family to open up season four, mm. that kind of really solidified my feelings about the character, and I've been a huge fan of his ever since. It's... Family is the most important episode of TNG. It's one. one I I think. I think it's a great episode myself. I know a lot of people don't like it because like nothing happens in it, but that's people don't
1: like that episode.
2: Yeah, It doesn't make sense. It's it's the
0: episode that made TNG about Picard instead of Riker and Wesley.
1: It defines him as a character in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, it does.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I love that episode.
0: The other thing about disliking Picard in the early days is when I was a kid, I was about the same age as Wesley. I mean, I guess I was a little younger. And it was very easy to see myself in the kid getting yelled at trying to have a cool Mm -hmm. adventure. And it's like, wait, this isn't isn't fun to be yelled at as part of my space adventure. I mean, it's like the whole reason... Why they created Robin was to be like a surrogate for little kids reading Batman back in the days to say like, this is, you see Batman's adventures through Robin. So like, mm-hmm. if we're supposed to see the Enterprise through Wesley's eyes, why would I want to like be yelled at when I'm saving the day?
2: Right. now I was never that kind of a kid though. Like, as I was, Will Wheaton and I are a year apart in age. Oh, wow. So I could have easily like projected myself onto Wesley and been like, you know junior kid on the enterprise. Wouldn't it be great to be sitting on the bridge and you know working with all these people. But I never I never projected myself like as Rob you know with Robin or anything like that. Like I didn't want to be Robin. I wanted to be Batman. Yeah. I didn't want to be Wesley <laughs> yeah. Crusher. Yeah. I wanted to be Jean-Luc uh-huh. Picard. Uh-huh. Or Will Riker. Like I didn't like I never that, that that thing never happened with me.
1: Yeah. I guess I I don't know if I saw myself like, wanting to be Wesley, but I definitely saw myself as Wesley in a lot of ways, as being, like, um, you know, a very smart mm. kid who, yep. pe- you know, a lot of people don't take him seriously at first. And I think what, I, I like to imagine that the original plan was for him, to, for him to have a stronger, and I guess maybe he did have this, but an arc in terms of um people respecting him more and more. Because at first, Picard's, like, a pretty huge jerk to him and yells at him get oh, away yeah. children on my bridge etc cetera. Et cetera. Yeah, yeah, and he does yeah. he does warm up to him but then like i don't know why the writers like thought it was funny to be like shut up wesley and i thought they did it too often later <laughs> in the series yeah. to the point where it's like it's not funny anymore you guys are yeah. just being mean to him yeah, and yeah
2: it became kind of a punchline type of thing
1: yeah i didn't like that
2: yeah i feel the same way about uh
0: jerry on parks and rec like they're always making fun of him and it's like you're cruel here, you're no, this isn't funny,
1: or they t- well, I've said this before, and maybe one day we can have a podcast about it, but I think Barclay is the biggest example of that oh
0: yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yep, yeah. easily like, yep, okay so so you put Kirk as number one. Why is Kirk your favorite captain? Why does he stand head and shoulders above the other ones?
2: yeah uh, uh, first, first of all, he was my first one, obviously, I grew up mm-hmm. with him that 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 I think for all of us, your first one carries more weight than anything else in many, yeah. you know, um, he's a very, you know, he's a man of action. He's a very romantic figure in many ways. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, in terms of the, the hornblower sensibility that Jean in, you know, imbued both with Kirk and Picard is more present in Kirk, I think. And that romanticism is appealing to me that, you know, the kind of silk scarf notion of being an explorer, you know, in the great unknown like that that always reached me and that aspect of him. And also the fact that he actually is flawed and makes mistakes Mm -hmm. as brilliant as he is, he could absolutely screw things up and it just made him someone you could aspire to be, but is also relatable in some, to some degree, you know, he, I mean, the character I think got a little bit blown up as the movies went along and they kind of made him into another worldly figure. But during the series, I didn't feel like that's the way he was. He was this, you know, somebody who had worked very hard to get where they got overachieved at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, I, I just found so many things about him appealing. Like I would, he's the kind of person I would have, you know, I'd follow into battle. You know what I mean? That sure. kind of a, you know, and it's been that way since I was a little boy. He was very much, you know, the man of action for me. What's your favorite Kirk themed episode from the original series? if I have to pick one moment in the series oh, yeah, that's that, I, that oh. I remember the most, it's in balance of terror when he doesn't know what to do. He's sitting in his quarters of McCoy and he admits that he, you know, the men look at me and, you know, what if I'm wrong about what we're doing? Like you, you, he's, he's out on the frontier dealing with this ridiculous situation with the Romulans where if he makes one bad move, he can plunge the entire, you know, sector into interstellar war and you see it wear on him and then you see how he's able to overcome overcome it but he does show that vulnerability and you know i like kirk you know as i I said a little earlier kirk is often portrayed as like this swaggering kind of starship commander and i've never i never saw him that way and and that episode is a perfect example of why Kirk shows it shows confidence in front of everybody around him, but he has just as many doubts as anybody else does. Mm-hmm.
0: It's weird the way the Kirk characters, like, and it's probably because of Shatner's uh, persona more than the characters. But it's weird the way the Kirk character has kind of been warped to the point where, and you've yeah. pointed out, Brian, like the Kelvin verse Kirk yeah. is this stupid frat boy,
2: yeah. Yeah, he's,
0: he's he's not
2: this guy who was studying all the time. No, right? no. Yeah, that, that yeah, that's that's exactly right. That's completely missing in the Kelvin verse portrayal of the character, who is absolutely a total frat boy, um, which is a shame because I like Chris Pine a lot. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: And it's a shame that he's hasn't been given. I mean, there's a bit he has a lot more interesting things to play in Beyond, I think, mm-hmm. than he had in the other movies. Like the character's kind of growing yeah. up a bit. But yeah, but yeah, that always bugged me a lot because jim kirk is not a frat boy i would not be into some i would not be want to be idolizing some random frat bro
1: <laughs> who just fails upwards
2: yeah yeah it's like jim kirk the jim kirk in the original series is very much someone who worked very hard and it, it's emphasized several times during the series yeah he was, deadly, he was dead leave yeah he was deadly. Yeah, right he was deadly serious so serious right that gary mitchell just did anything to get him to loosen up. So he like set him up with this girl that he nearly married. He's just a product of great achievement in life. He didn't, you know, it wasn't his destiny to be somebody. Right. You know, he, he was gifted and he worked hard and he succeeded. What's
0: your favorite Kirk moment in the, from the movies? (sighs) I I... Oh, that's a really good question. can, Um, Can I tell you mine? Sure. It's not just my favorite Kirk moment, but my favorite of all Star Trek moments when oh. Bones is in the little prison cell in search for Spock <laughs> and Kirk comes in and he does the live long and prosper. And he says, how many fingers, fingers are you holding up? <laughs> the, the, ga- the gallows humor of that yeah. is just beautiful. That's not I very just... damn funny. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: That's.
0: That's the thing. I think we said it before when we were analyzing, but that's not a great movie, but it is a spectacular Star Trek movie.
2: It is. It is. Um, favorite in in the movies. Boy. Um, the Search for Spock has a lot of great character moments in it. Um, Absolutely. It's what saves that movie in many ways. <sighs> that's okay. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's,
0: it's No, it's...
1: you must pick one. <laughs>
0: Maybe it can be his hairy arms in the motion picture. Yeah, yeah, when he's wearing watch <laughs> or when he winks,
2: he winks at Chekhov. Yeah, yeah. Now he's um trying to think. I, I don't really. By the have... way, if
1: anyone if anyone picked Chekhov as one of their favorites, I will eat my hat.
2: <laughs> is is
0: it like a bit one of those Russian hats, like the big the, uh, felt ones or
2: fur ones?
1: Hmm. It was invented oh. in Russia, anyway.
0: It is a Russian invention.
2: I guess I, I don't have a particular scene in, in, in the movies that particularly stands out to me at at the moment. But I, I guess his best Shatner's best portrayal of Kirk, I think, is probably in the Wrath of Khan in the movies. Mm. He's, yeah. Yeah. You know, he's wrestling with a lot of, you know, midlife crises and such. And definitely not a frat boy in that one. No, most definitely not. Yeah, some frat the,
0: boys can't get through
2: Dickens. No, that's true. <laughs> I couldn't get through Dickens and I have two degrees in literature. It's a far, far better thing thing I do than I've I've ever done before. Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that, that, that movie, you know, revisits his past and the mistakes he's made both in his personal life and a decision he made as a starship commander that came back to haunt him. So, you get to see again, you don't get to see this swaggering starship captain no who can you know overcome anything Kirk loses a lot in this movie,
0: mm-hmm, which makes him so much more interesting than if he actually were zap Brannigan
2: mm hmm exactly so yeah there's a lot there's a lot to be to be uh to to explore with that character. I think a lot more than people realize that you could still go places with that character, Yeah. Well. Anything about Spock you want to say? Not, not particularly. Um, I just have a very warm feeling for Spock. I, I again, I did not project myself or relate to like I know a lot of teenage kids glommed on to him mm. because you, obviously it's an awkward part of the time in your life. You're not sure of who you are, or what you want to be, mm-hmm. and just like Spock is. And I, and that, and I never. That was again. It was just I admired Spock the incredibly dignified being that he was so we watched um uh
0: the way to eden on sunday mm-hmm. and even though i think that's a bizarre episode oh, uh, yeah there's a there's a li- yeah and apparently i'm the token herbert of the Trek <laughs> movie staff um, <laughs> no it's a there, bizarre
1: episode but we love a, it anyway
0: there's a line in there that is just beautiful spock where he says they consider themselves aliens in their own world a condition with which i am not unfamiliar right or,
1: or mm. supports right.
2: that effect it's just the perfect spock line it is yeah and, and it's something he he would not often admit to sure mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah he showed a little bit of vulnerability there which was cool yeah and you know
2: i often found spock to be one of the more human characters in star trek in many ways there's a this a oh, certain yeah. there's a certain warmth to spock even though he's playing this unemotional quote-unquote unemotional being there's something and i guess this is more credit to leonard nimoy there's just a um i guess the best way to put it is a very human quality to the man mm. I, I guess i don't have much more to say beyond that really it's just, it just sometimes it's hard to put into words why you like something sure and oh yeah and and spock is kind of that i i can't quite articulate everything that i admire about spock it's just that I accept that to say that I admired the great dignity in the way he carries himself as a as a person and and how he overcomes the challenges that he's had put before him since birth.
0: Yeah, and and Leonard Demoy did it perfectly, and it's awesome that he got nominated for best supporting actor in the Emmys every year. It is sad year. that he that he never won.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, the older I've gotten and the more I've watched yeah, you know, once in a while, yeah, especially if we're watching episodes or if I happen to watch one on my own, the more I admire what he was doing. Like there's like very subtle stuff going on <laughs> at times. Oh, in like, terms of
0: of Leonard as an actor?
2: Yeah, the stuff he does with yeah. Spock sometimes is so nuanced yeah. that mm-hmm. it's Yeah, it's really something and I'm glad at the very least that the uh that they recognized him enough to give him a nomination. Nominations.
0: Yeah, very. Uh, it would have been easy to just nominate somebody playing a cop or a cowboy or a doctor instead. Yep. Hmm. Yep. righty. Well, we're all sad that Minuet wasn't on the list, but we respect your opinion.
2: <laughs> I may. And I, I have may two, not agree. Yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. And I had two animal, two honorable mentions. Oh, let's hear them. Data. And oh, boom! Len- I. Yeah, I got him. Yeah, and Leonard McCoy. Oh. Okay. Great. Uh, yep.
1: Yeah. But if you had picked Spock, Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, I mean, that's almost that's almost too much, even for you.
2: Yeah, the Holy Trinity, you can't, yeah, I mean.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I didn't think you'd pick, that's I, one of the reasons I didn't put Bones, is because I was like, it's going to be Spock and Kirk for sure. Yeah. I don't think he's going to go all three.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, no, and, I, and I'm very fond of, of McCoy, but yeah, yeah, Data, Data has, Data's a little further ahead on the list as well, so. Again, very human character, even though he's not playing a human. Yeah,
0: <laughs> He's the soul of the Enterprise.
2: Theme. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm.
0: All righty. Okay, well, I guess I'm up next. Which of you want to take a stab first?
2: Go ahead, Killa.
1: Well, I have, I, I first have a prediction about, I have like a meta prediction. Let's hear it. My prediction is that you will have two like totally normal um, picks and then one just totally off the wall pick.
0: You're kind of right. But <laughs>
1: I feel like that's
0: very on brand for you. Kind of. The one um, that's off the wall isn't that off the wall.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, we'll be the judge of that. Uh, touche. <laughs> okay, so my picks. Uh, I had a tough time. I, Cisco is my number one pick that I feel like pretty good about. Okay, Cisco. Um, I... Uh, and I'm like, I'm like really second guessing myself on this one. I I wrote down Major Kira, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling totally confident in that. Okay. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with Major. my initial feeling. So Cisco, Major, Major, Major Kira. Kira, and my third one is Quark.
2: Okay. Okay, Brian, what have you got? Picard, Cisco, and Quark.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah,
1: I almost had Picard was my oh like an honorable mention guess.
0: Okay, so here we go. So my number one. So can we get a drum roll? Is there a drum roll? Okay, my number one is Quark. Okay. Yes. My number two is Benjamin Lafayette Cisco. Yes. Yeah. Okay, my number three. This is the slightly off the wall one. I'm going to give you guys a chance to 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 get half points with the second guess for the slightly off the wall one.
1: Slightly off the wall.
2: Hmm. Can you give us a hint? It's still Deep Space Nine. Oh, okay.
1: I mean, Gold Ducat comes to mind, but I don't feel like that's that off the wall.
2: Mm. Oh, what do you think? Oh, uh, the Taylor. It's on the tip of your tongue. You got it. Garrick? Garrick. My my brain was not working. Sorry about that. Garrick. No,
1: that's
0: okay. You got it. Yes. Those are my top three. I am on brand as a partisan niner. My number (laughs) four was Picard. And then my number five is a villain. Who do you think my number five would be? Caldecott? No. Oh. Q. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's yes. gotta be it's gotta exactly. Be Q. Yeah. Well done. Well done. All right. That was pretty good. Yeah, you did. So that. is
1: is Cork is your number one, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cork is spectacular. He's he, The thing I love about him is he's a guy who, because he's normal, in some ways, can be more heroic than a hero right because when he risks his life when he rises to the occasion in some ways that means more than when you know your william Riker types do it because like how could william Riker not be a hero right mm-hmm. so like there's a, a bit when the when they first go to the mirror universe where we see everybody is the, evil and corrupt or defeated except quark quark is the one who's doing like the underground railroad to try to get terrans out which is a very tender little thing to give him, is, yeah, he's a greedy guy, but he does have a heart of gold.
1: Mm-hmm. No no pun intended. I think Quirk is a great pick.
2: Yeah, me too. Thank you.
1: I think he's another one of those characters that, you know, in a, like in the way that Kirk gets pigeonholed into being a frat boy, which he's not, Quark gets pigeonholed into being like this weaselly, immoral thing, which he's not really. He's weaselly. But he's not, he's not immoral.
0: Yeah. And he's, and he's, I mean, he's not evil, right? No,
1: no, by not, by no stretch of the imagination.
0: And like, there's one episode where um, he's trying to pull something off, like smuggling gems or something like that, which is against Bajoran law, but not like hurting anyone. And he confesses to Jake, like, after everything I've done for Odo, Odo is still trying to just throw me in jail. And Odo, who has, met, has disguised himself as, like, a piece of wall or whatever, overhears this. And he's like, ugh. Yeah, Quark really has saved my bacon a couple of times. I wouldn't be dating Kira if it weren't for Quark. Maybe I should <laughs> let him have one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. So what do you think is, like, a defining moment for Quark? Or, like, a really good... Okay. someone was like, "Tell who is Quark? Okay,
0: so... um I think my my the moment moment that comes to mind is when he and Jake and Cisco and Nog are on their camping trip. When and the name of the episode is "The Gem Hadar. it's the last episode of season two, mm-hmm. and um, Quark has been putting up with Cisco's sanctimoniousness for two years now, and he finally lets him have it. Where he says, "You Federation t- types talk about tolerance and understanding." but you're only tolerant toward people who remind you of yourselves. Mm-hmm. And Cisco has absolutely no response. And something I love about Deep Space Nine is the way it sort of calls out, if I can borrow the phrase, the limousine liberal attitude of Star Trek The Next Generation, <laughs> where they're flying around saying, how can these people who don't have the infinite resources that we have not be as enlightened as we are? Yeah. yeah. And And so Deep Space Nine did a lot of that I think Captain Sisko and Major Kira do a lot of that too, but Quark does it best.
1: Yeah, he 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 puts us in our place and yeah. reminds us. Very much. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and as much as they talk about, you know, Spock was the commentator on the human condition in the original series and Data and Next Generation and Odo in Deep Space Nine, I actually think, substantively, it's Quark.
1: Oh, not, I agree. Not Odo. I never would have said it was Odo.
0: Nope. No, oh, yeah, no way, no way. Do
1: people actually say that?
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you look at any, particularly of like promotional materials leading up to when it was released, like Rick Berman would say, yeah, Odo, in the the great tradition of like Spock and Data, will be the person who comments yeah. on the human condition. Yeah, it, I, it's not. Oh, yeah, I, see. I think
2: at the beginning, yeah, that was the plan, but it evolved away from that very quickly. Yeah,
0: yeah. I agree. And, and to the point where I think, uh, you know, and all deference to Rene Zellweger, who's spectacular. Um, I think the reason they came up with the major Kira romance was because they just ran out of stuff to do with Odo to make him interesting. Could very well be?
1: I mean, it did make him a lot more interesting. It did. Sure.
0: Because that adds an extra dimension to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Gives him something to do otherwise, other than just like walk around the ship being grumpy. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: har- 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 harumphing at people. Yeah. That's,
1: yeah. Pretty,
2: and that's basically how I, I think of Odo. is just kind of walking around, just kind of grunting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: just like, mm. Yeah. You know, one thing I think is a huge missed opportunity in Deep Space Nine with Odo Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Is, you know, they always they had this thing of like, why do you look the way you do? And he's like, oh, I can turn into anything, but I just haven't quite mastered like the intricacies of the human face. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why his face looks weird. Why didn't he get slightly better at it okay, over this, seven years?
0: The thing that's weird, Kayla, is not only did he not get slightly better at it, but if you look up the difference between the makeup in the first season and as it went on he kind of got worse at it.
1: <laughs> oh no, oh no. <laughs> Poor guy. We decided he didn't want to look that way and he liked the way he looked or something, but I just thought it would have been cool, like very, very subtly, they could have just lightened up the makeup of bit each year.
0: I think it's for the same reason that there are some episodes that simply don't have Deanna in them, where if they had a character whose powers are a little too much, it can remove the tension, right? So, like, if Odo can make himself look too human, well, then why can't he make himself look too Cardassian and then imitate Bill Dukat? I, I think that's probably why they made that. Sure, yeah.
1: but yeah. They, they didn't have to make it perfect. They could have just made it a little bit better.
0: They also could have just said, hey, I have mastered this one face. That's true. And then
1: yeah, how come it still doesn't explain... Eh, ah, whatever. We could talk about this. For, I was going to say, like, how do you master, like, you know, a, a bucket or a set of keys or... Like, literally anything has just as much detail at a certain scale.
0: There's a a good moment when he and Cisco are back on Earth trying to sniff out the changeling spies who are conducting terrorist attacks on on, uh, Starfleet. And he's flying around as a bird. And they say, oh, you look like a pretty great bird. And he says, well, I probably don't to Uh, other birds. To
1: other birds. Mm. Yeah, I remember that line as well. Okay, you got me there. I'll give you that one.
0: The thing that's interesting is if you watch the... um, What's it called? The What We Left Behind documentary. Mm-hmm. They, they make a mention of how many people for whom, how many Star Trek fans, Garrick is their favorite character. Like there's even a montage of they have like people in recording saying, who's your favorite character? Garrick, 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 Garrick.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. I almost, I, I, I almost put him on my list. Spoiler alert, I didn't. But really? I, was very, I was very close. Interesting. I, for me. Mm-hmm. That oh, surprises
0: me. What is it that you like about him? much
1: um he's definitely my favorite character in deep space nine Mm -hmm. he is i think he's the most interesting he's like led this really interesting life he has he doesn't he doesn't pretend to be more than he is he's a realist i think yeah yeah and he sees things through this totally different lens compared to everyone else. And yet he can still like, yeah, I know he's not really just a tailor, right. But he lives this life. Like he's just a tailor and he doesn't, he's okay with people seeing him as this, just this tailor that walks around the promenade, even though he has so much more Mm -hmm. that like he's hiding behind this facade of being a tailor. I find that really interesting because I'm not like that at all. I would be like, notice me. Oh. I can be useful. I'm ambitious. I couldn't just, you know, go and and like be quiet and silently uh, watching things unfold.
2: I don't know. If if you've had a rather rough and tumble past, you might look for that kind of quiet.
0: Especially since Garrick is just in survival mode, right? Yeah, that's what I, I, mean, I mean. He has yeah. he has literally nowhere else to go. Right.
1: Well, that's part of what I find intriguing about him is that that's where his life has brought him to because yeah. it's so different from my own. Right. So it's a fascinating look into this other, this other way of living.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I also just, he has very, very strong non-heterosexual energy. And oh, big that. time.
2: Big time.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, to the point where in the first episode with him, it seems like he's just going to eat Dr. Bashir alive.
1: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it
2: totally does.
1: I'm at your disposal. Yep. Mm, mm. Finds the hottest guy on the station and immediately walks up to him and is like, hello. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's why I thought it was really weird when they started doing stuff with him and Yell.
1: I did do, too. Do you remember that? I mean, he's probably like pansexual or something, so it's fine. But yeah, it was it was a little bit too like heteronormative.
0: Well, it also just seemed weird because it's like he could be her father. That, that oh, yeah. Was, that was the <laughs> thing too. that was weird to me
2: was the age difference. That too. So, Jared, do you have a particular favorite moment with him? With Garrick? Yeah. Um, let's
0: see. Um, I think the episode, the and it's a very controversial episode um, with him and Cisco. I think it's the best episode for both of them, is the... Uh, uh, uh the pale moonlight episode mm. where it's the two of them figuring out okay what's the greater good the galaxy is on the line maybe some of these um austere federation virtues that we have are uh, um might be our downfall if we can't i mean what's the point of being so righteous if we end up dead is is basically that and i think the the you put those two the two two of the strongest characters on the show and in my opinion, the franchise and put them together. And you just have this amazing dynamic energy to the point where like, (laughs) like Cisco thinks that Garrick's working for him, but Garrick, uh, it's actually the reverse Cisco's working for Garrick Mm. from the moment he walks into the tailor shop. He may may as well have handed his resume to Garrick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I would have loved to have seen more interaction between those two characters.
0: Me too. Yeah. There's really not that much. Nope. Um, in the last season, there's a ton of stuff with Garrick and Kira, which is uh, which is okay. The thing is, you'd think uh, like Garrick and Kira would be buddies because they both hate Dukat so much. Hmm. Yeah, but I think uh, you know, um, I think Deep Space Nine is the best instance of the franchise, and I think these three characters are the main reason for mm-hmm. that.
2: You could definitely it's make that picks. argument. Yep.
1: Those are excellent picks. Yes, is there anything more you want to say about Cisco? Before yeah. You? What about the Cisco? oh okay um
0: i did love that they have him as like a caring father Mm -hmm. right like we have all these um you know single people in space pajamas flying around the galaxy and you sort of wonder well wait if none of them have families how are their little people to eventually grow up (laughs) and get in space pajamas (laughs) and so we have this guy who's like a loving father figure who basically i mean and of course, we didn't know at the time the energy they were trying to challenge was the Cosby show. Right. And as they moved away from that a little bit, they they could make Cisco a little tougher. And so they had him shave his head and grow a beard like he yep. looked uh, on Spencer for hire, which yep. I think was a definite improvement. No question. Um, I think it's cool that not only is he a good dad to Jake, but he has a wonderful relationship with his father. Yep. And so mm-hmm. you know, there's there's so many instances of, like, Picard had a falling out with his dad. Riker had a falling out with his dad. Uh, Spock was estranged from Sarek. And so instead they said, hey, most people actually kind of like each other. Let's do that. <laughs> so not, a very good not, role not model. Not
1: everyone has to have, like, a tortured childhood or a tortured no, family life. No, yeah. they don't.
0: Which, which is why I... I I mean, I love season seven to Deep Space Nine because uh, uh, of Ezri, but I do think some of the stuff they introduced there was dumb, like Cisco's mother actually having been one of the prophets and um, Dukat becoming a cult leader. I think they could have done without those. Mm. I agree. Anyway, there you go. Anything else? Any other questions, comments, concerns? Do you <laughs> want to ask me what my favorite Q episode is? Jared, what is your favorite Q episode? Tapestry, which is my favorite episode of the whole franchise. It's just a massive episode. Wow, is it? that's, I did that's, it's not a great that. episode. I did yeah. not know
2: that. Yeah, it is a great oh, episode. Oh, haven't I
0: told you? I actually I sent a, a fan letter to Ronald D. Moore 25 years ago or something mm. to tell him what a great episode was, and he sent me a signed copy of the script, which I still have.
1: No way. Very cool. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah,
0: Next time, remind me next time we're in Zoom, and I'll show you guys. Oh, yes, yes I'd love to see that.
1: Yeah, send us a photo or something. That's Very so cool. cool. Very cool. That's really neat.
0: All right, well, Kayla, now it is it is down to you.
1: It is down to me. Well, guys, what do you think? I have three and an honorable mention.
0: Okay, Brian, you, would you like to go first? Because I'm not super sure. I'm not super sure on these. I'm a little nervous,
2: so I might be stalling. <laughs> I feel like I've got two. I, I'm I'm really bad with the third. Uh, Beverly Crusher, okay, Catherine Janeway, okay, and the third one is a total like friggin' Hail Mary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, get about to get sacked and have to throw the ball. <laughs> Jazzy, all
1: right, all right, all right.
0: Okay, so my three in, in order are Janeway, Picard, and then Beverly, and I actually. I wanted to put Jadzia because Kayla reminds me of her so much, but hmm. I think yeah, she that's, liked, yeah. I think I think you like Picard more. So those are my three. It's interesting that we uh, had so much crossover. Oh, so and then my my honorable mention. Can I give you my honorable mention? Yeah. My honorable mention is Madeline from Star Trek the Voyager.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's not on my list, but she's in my heart. <laughs> um wait, Jared, so what we were your three again?
0: Janeway, Picard and then Beverly.
1: Janeway, Picard and Beverly. Okay, so my picks, and just to be fair, like I'm kind of an all over the place person, so this was probably pretty hard. Beverly Crusher. Boom. Definitely. Um, I would not be the person I am today without Jean-Luc Picard, so he's on there as well. And my third one is Bones McCoy.
2: Interesting. Mm-hmm. I know, you've always said you were very fond of, of Leonard McCoy.
1: I love Bones. He was when I started watching because I, t- I, like I always say, I'm a TNG baby, but when I started getting into the original series, I just absolutely love Bones. So, and and my honorable mention, I had to throw this on there. So I was thinking, I was thinking about the more recent um, incarnations of Star Trek and realizing like probably no one was going to pick anyone from any of the quote unquote Kurtzman era stuff in, in for maybe many reasons. But all yeah, right. Uh, For many reasons, except including that, you know, it's not been on that long and it wasn't the first series for any of us. But I did put an honorable mention as Tilly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I figured you would pick Tilly. Yeah.
0: And I actually thought about putting that on my list, but I didn't. Um, I,
1: I didn't put her on the main list because like I haven't been around with her enough. She, you know, I haven't known her for that long as far as I've known the other characters. And sometimes they make decisions about what to do with their character that annoy me. But like there's certain... I can't even remember which, where it was. Beginning of season two, end of season one, maybe, I think is probably my peak Tilly. I just think she's a really awesome character. And she's unlike any Star Trek character, I think, that we've seen before. Oh, absolutely.
0: I completely agree. The the thing about Tilly that she's a two-edged sword for me because she's easily the best written character on that show. And not only is she the best written character on that show, but I'm shocked that... a female character in the modern era where every char- female character has to be a strong, independent woman can be written as three dimensionally as she is. Right. I'm stunned that they do such a good job with that character. <laughs> I mean, I love the moment where she says, this is a type three phaser, which is somehow more powerful than the type two phaser. just wonderful that <laughs> they can show. No, of course she's not going to be like black widow. As soon as you put a gun in her hand, she's a math lady, right? Yeah. So, so, of course, she'd be a fish out of water. Um, the the two-edged sword, though, is I think the Tilly character distracts from Michael Burnham to the point where I think Tilly should be the main character. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, but let's talk about Beverly. Okay. Let's so- talk about Beverly.
1: I didn't necessarily rank these, by the way. I don't necessarily have a one, two, and three.
0: Oh, okay. All right. No but ge- Beverly well- and
1: Picard are both very, very hot there for me. Picard, I'd probably, if I had to rank them, I'd probably do Picard, Beverly, and then Bones.
0: Well, and Beverly was the one that Brian and I both had on our list. So mm-hmm. we must have all been on that. Is is it because of Sub Rosa, or are there more deep reasons <laughs> that you like Dr. Beverly Howard Crusher?
1: I mean, I do love Sub Rosa. Um, I would have to say, though, my favorite Beverly episode is Remember Me.
2: Oh, uh, I just watched it again recently. I loved that episode. Such a good
1: episode. Oh. Um, of course, the one where. She gets trapped in some kind of warp bubble thing. And then like everyone keeps disappearing to the point where the universe consists of um, a small sphere surrounding the Enterprise Mm -hmm. and then continues to shrink. And she says my probably my favorite line of the whole series, um, which is that it's not, you know, it's not her that's crazy. It's the universe that's crazy, basically. Mm so I and I really like that episode and I always think of that episode when I think of Beverly because I think it shows her off the best. Yep. And it shows mm-hmm. her as um as I would say a relatively three-dimensional woman, like powerful woman character, like you were talking about, Jared, where mm-hmm. she's, you know, smart. She's uh, well, she's accomplished, you know, she's the, the the chief medical officer aboard the flagship of the Federation. Yeah she's done pretty well for herself. Um she knows how to take charge of a situation she's commanding but she's also a mother um she's also an older woman like she's not like a lot of times your lead like heroine character is like 20 something sure and and Mm -hmm. again like you kick ass like she's black widow but she's not that and she doesn't have to be that no she can hold her own where she needs to and people respect her but she's also allowed to be feminine she's allowed to be wesley's mom and and I love the fact that that she's an older character, and I know she's not old, but you know what I mean. She's mm-hmm. not like the twenty something she, lead. She's
0: not um, Yeoman Rand.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's not in the cat suit. She's not there for that kind of sex appeal. Although I would say she does have quite a bit of sex appeal.
0: Uh, yeah, a lot of us who like redheads that were fans of Dr. <laughs> <laughs> oh hell yeah!
1: But she's not the cat suit. You know, she's not no. the no. seven of nine character at
0: not. all. No,
1: and she doesn't have to make herself look like that to get attention
0: the episode also showcases her sense of humor which is good um like where she finally just loses it with the computer which is like why am i talking to you if you yeah. think that, that <laughs> this is what the universe should be and i also like how sweet she is with her mentor dr quace at the beginning mm-hmm. and um Kayla, you uh, I don't know if you're as big as, of a Seinfeld fan as perhaps Brian and I are, but the doc- actor who played Dr. Quace appears on a very memorable episode of Seinfeld, mm-hmm. and he is nowhere near as sweet in that as he is in Remember Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If if you have that on some sort of streaming service or DVD or whatever, please find that episode. He's
2: hilarious in it. <laughs> that is a great episode, though. That is like one of the best high concept episodes of TNG. It That's probably brilliant. one
1: thing I love about it as well because I like, love the high concept stuff. Yeah, and I love so well watching done. watching her just reason through it. Yep. It's a whole mm-hmm. episode of just her reasoning through things. Yeah, and,
2: and you really don't know where the hell it's going until very late.
1: Mm-hmm. And then it all comes together. Wesley yep. and his damn warp bubble.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And then bringing back the Traveler as a
0: nice uh, through line. With mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yep.
1: Yeah, great, fantastic episode. One of my top 10 for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely. Good choice. Good choice. Anything else on Beverly that you like?
1: Um, Just saying again that I love the idea that you can be a strong woman and also be a woman. You can have feminine – because usually a strong woman is portrayed as having masculine characteristics. Sure, yes. Mm -hmm.
0: And the world needs resilient, awesome moms like Beverly Crusher more than it needs black widows.
1: Hell yeah. Um, Well
0: said. So Oh, thank you. Um, the thing that bugs me about the Beverly character is how she basically got written into oblivion in the movies.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Like, like I don't think she has do. one line in Nemesis, and it's talking about Foleron radiation. <laughs> I think that's it. I'm <laughs> well, not it's, kidding.
1: It's because of Picard. It's because Jean-Luc has to be the action hero. He has uh, to be movie Picard, and they yeah. have to give him a love interest. Uh-huh and it can't be her it has to be some other random person that they bring in and so they have to push her off to the side
2: yeah yeah and with that many cast members yeah it's it's hard to start, yeah, it's yeah. Hard, it's hard to give everybody something good to do
1: it's especially
2: her. in a badly written badly directed movie <laughs> indeed
1: her hair is always on point though in every one okay. of the movies her hair is always on point in every one of the movies i think it looks particularly good in first contact -hmm. She has the Mm -hmm. highlights. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, she looked great.
0: And
2: it was cute to have her have a scene with Robert Picardo.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah,
2: I remember. I remember when that scene came up in the movie theater, everybody started clapping. Yeah, awesome.
0: I also I do love that they never had her say "I'm a" to then segue maybe to some bone stuff. She had never said "I'm a doctor, not a blank." Mm -hmm. Every every other Star Trek doctor has said that, but not her.
2: That's true. They didn't draw any parallels with her to McCoy at all.
1: No.
0: The only one might be that she had a relationship with the captain that was kind of uh, outside the chain of command would be the only sure. one. Right. Sure. But but very different.
2: Mhm.
1: Well, do we want to talk about Bones? Yes, let's Please.
2: let's talk about Leonard McCoy.
1: I I love him because he he's like wacky to me. I don't know if this sounds weird, and maybe it's partly because of the way that I'm looking at the original series through my own lens of, you know, being someone who's born in the 80s watching the show from the 60s, but he's just, like, so outrageous to me. Like, he says outrageous things. He's super curmudgeonly. He doesn't, like, he doesn't even trust the transporters. Like, why are you in space? He has no business being in space. Mm -hmm. And he is anyway. And he just, he doesn't, like, have any fucks to give. And not I just usually, think he's, no. he's just so, and like, he, I, th- I disagree with him all the time. Like he says stupid things and I'm like, Kirk, do not listen to him. He's being insane and, and definitely racist, but I still somehow love him. Cause he's just like, he doesn't care. He's just like a grumpy old man who wants to sit under a tree and drink a mint julep. And I can jive mm-hmm. with that.
2: Yeah. yeah. He, he's one of the more grounded characters actually in all of Star Trek. Oh, completely. Like he he is definitely the, the audience in many ways. Like looking at, yeah, yeah. what are you crazy? You, what are you gonna do? Are you out of your goddamn yeah. mind?
1: Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. So when they when they when they pick him up in the in I guess it's in Search for Spock where he's wearing like the um the like disco outfit?
2: Oh, in the motion picture, you mean? When it's he- a motion picture. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, He has the big beard.
1: Where he's the big, the beard and the the medallion is right, just he, so fantastic. He's being up
2: from like the Playboy Mansion or something. Yeah, like of course <laughs> he
1: would be wearing that.
2: That said a lot about him. That outfit actually, who he really was, who he really is when he's not, you know, chief medical officer <laughs> yeah. when he's not hopping
0: galaxies.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so apart from the memorable scene that I mentioned earlier from Star Trek Three, what is the best Doctor McCoy moment? There's only one correct answer.
2: Ooh. Oh
1: God! There's only one correct answer. I was gonna say him showing up with the medallion. That's my favorite moment.
2: I, I have mine. What, let's and hear it. And it's Brian. in the search for Spock when Spock is quote unquote now alive again, and they're heading to Vulcan. And McCoy is sitting with Spock while well, Spock is unconscious, and he, you know, he goes like, I, you know, I have to say that I've missed you, and I can't stand to ever lose you again. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a lovely little
0: moment. It is. These are great moments. I think the number one is with him and Data in
2: counter far point. That's very good.
1: Oh, sure.
2: You treat her like a lady and she'll always bring she'll you always home. she always bring you home.
1: They just put so much makeup on him, though.
2: It's a lovely it little scene, though.
1: It yeah. is a wonderful scene, but I'm always distracted by the makeup. Because I just hate when they try to age people and they just mm-hmm. cake a bunch of makeup on them. Yeah. Sorry, I know that's a bit of a nitpick and it takes away from the feeling. That's,
2: but Yeah, I always okay. that, that scene always chokes me up a little bit. Yeah, it's a beautiful moment. Yep. And it was just
0: the right amount. They couldn't have done too much of uh, original series guest star, but that was beautiful. Yep. Okay, I guess Picard. Anything else about Picard?
1: Um, just that I would, like, Brian, you say you would go to battle for Kirk. I would do anything Picard told me to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I trust him. Totally and implicitly. Like, he's just so thoughtful, and he's a, like so. I'm, you know, realizing also because that Jared you you said let's pick three characters that we like, and I'm definitely thinking about the the ego and the super ego here. Sure. Um, I'm like, who, you know, what parts of my psyche do each character, each of these characters represent? And he's like my academic ideal.
2: Mm, yeah, I could totally do like, that. He,
1: he's interested in all of these things in culture and art and music. And he's just like, he's like a lifetime learner hashtag. And he's um, driven and, and passionate about nerdy things. Mm. And I find that very attractive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he, he was an interesting like role model for masculinity for me as a young man. Right. Because hmm. for because for, he is so cerebral. hmm. Right. I think m- his affinity for Shakespeare may have been one of the reasons I majored in English.
1: Oh, that's um, awesome.
0: Uh, yeah. His uh, the fact that like he's bald and they never did anything like to obscure that. Nope.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just,
0: hey, it, this is who he is.
1: And they don't need to.
0: No, his no. his skull is perfect.
1: His skull is perfect. <laughs> yep. Uh huh should be his tagline
0: <laughs> yeah on his on his, his tomb maybe Yeah, uh,
1: patrick stewart his skull, was, his perfect. skull <laughs> was
0: perfect as i mentioned my favorite episode is a picard q episode um and then the like we mentioned earlier the family episode is mm. is it's incomparable there's nothing else in the whole franchise that's like it my one thing with Picard, I do think actually, you know, as much as people love the inner light, I think the Deep Space Nine episode, The Visitor, which is very similar, is, that, is like that, but executed better. Mm. Which is mm. a, a controversial opinion I have.
1: hmm <laughs> 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 Indeed. But I, I've
0: always felt bad that the best Jake Sisko episode doesn't really have Ciarc Lofton as the star. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Anything else? Any other thoughts on Picard? Do you, did you have a favorite Picard episode? Did we ask you that, Killer?
1: Um, you didn't. I guess my I would just have to say that it's all good things, which I've definitely hmm. I know I've talked about that before and mm-hmm. how much I love all good things. Absolutely, I would just so eloquently bookends the entire series and just. You know, in it, I see everything that i that I love about Star Trek. All the things that made me fall in love with Star Trek are in that episode and and Picard's at the heart of it. So he embodies a lot of what of what I fell in love with about Star Trek for sure,
0: yeah, it's a great idea. um and he the thing that's nice is that in in the in the past and in the present, he's the same character, but in the future he changes the performance to recognize this is a, an older man. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep.
1: And I just, now that I'm thinking about this, I guess we have to say something because there's an entire series called Picard. And I just oh. don't know what to say about that.
2: Yeah. The jury's still out, right?
1: The jury's still out. The jury's still. Out. I like, I do like a lot of what they've done with his character in some ways. I think they've, um, they've progressed his character in a way that reminds me of the way that Patrick Stewart himself has has yes, aged and sort yes. of like loosened up quite a bit and um, just sort of sees and approaches the world in a different way. And I thought it was really neat that Patrick brought that to bear on the character of Picard as well. And I could see that feels realistic to me.
2: Yeah. Although I do feel like there are times where he's playing Patrick in that Picard.
1: Yeah. I was, yeah. I was wondering about that I though, too, mean. is how much is it just that? Yeah. But I don't know. I'd like to think that it's intentional.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And he, his performance during the series is very, 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 very good.
1: Yeah, he's amazing. There was a couple of moments that I didn't quite understand. But in, in general, yeah, he's an incredible actor. And yep. And I, I think he did amazingly in that series. Yep. And more to come. Yes, indeed. It, my, my main problem with it has been, I feel
0: like the supporting cast is a little bit too big. And he gets kind of lost in his own show sometimes. A
2: couple of times it, it did happen during the course of season one, I agree. It became very passive-
1: Hmm. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah,
2: but there's at least one other, one more season, and probably two coming up. So there'll be more to the further adventures of Jean Luc Picard. We, um, I don't think we can overstate, and we're certainly not the first
0: ones, how important Patrick Stewart and the Picard character's influence have been on the franchise. He added so much legitimacy to mm-hmm. what could have otherwise been seen as a copy of a copy, and brought so much gravitas to it that everyone had to pay more attention to the franchise Mm -hmm. and and to TNG than they would have if they'd had, um, if it had been helmed by a lesser man.
2: Yep. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. That that show is completely on Patrick's back ultimately.
0: Completely. Right. Which is why like, like by halfway through season three, he just grabbed hold of it. Like the bull by the horns and yanked it off and said, okay, we're going (laughs) to do this now like i'm i need to be the star i can't trust you people to do this right anymore (laughs) (laughs) so there's a something that's occurred to me of picard there's a very popular expanded universe character in star wars named grand admiral thrawn are you guys familiar with this character i am i am yep okay so he came out in a book a series of books like in the early 90s like at a point when star wars really was just kid stuff
2: right heir to the empire right
0: Exactly, by Timothy Zahn. Completely reinvigorated, interest in the franchise, paved the way for the special editions and everything. If it weren't for that character, we would not be talking about Star Wars to this day. It occurred to me like just a couple months ago that author basically just took Captain Picard and painted him blue and put him in the Star Wars universe. Because the way he's such a good strategist is he analyzes a culture's art and Mm -hmm. then uses that to outthink them. And I'm like, oh, that's actually what Captain Picard might do too. Yeah. That's interesting. I never thought of that. That's interesting. Neither had I until just a little while ago. <laughs> so I think not just Star Trek, but its sister franchise owes a lot to Patrick Stewart. Yep.
1: You heard it here first, folks.
0: <laughs> yes, you did 30 years after the fact. <laughs> that's that's how we move. All right. Well, anything else? Closing thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, suggestions?
1: You know, you know what maybe we should do, because there's um, you know, not all the members of the shuttle pod are here. Um, I know, like like in Matt and John um, and Lori, a bunch of people who have been on the show um, weren't able to join us today. But in particular, Matt has spent a lot of time with us on the shuttle pod, and I'm wondering if we should take a guess at what his three top three would be. Okay,
0: so I would guess Scotty. Mm. He would be one I'd put on there. But that might just be because I think Matt basically is Scotty because he's so irritatingly precise. I would never want to leave
1: <laughs> the space
0: dog without Matt to make sure we got everything right.
1: Yeah, no, he's in- an invaluable person to have on the team because he's always gonna—he's always gonna catch yep. the little mistakes. Yep. Yeah, but yep.
0: never with any ego about it, of course. Nope.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <sighs> Matt's three <Yeah>. favorites. Hmm. <laughs> I think data is one of them.
1: How about Picard? Do we think Picard?
2: Uh, could be Picard. There's going to be a
1: captain on there for sure.
2: Yeah, and there's like, there's going to be some sort of niner in there too. I think. You think? Yeah. Would he? Is he
0: one of those uh, Garrick fans too?
1: I don't know. I wouldn't have pegged him as a as picking that in a top three.
0: Now we're gonna have Matt's to That's really out. hard. It's inscrutable. Oh. Sulu from the animated series because he's inscrutable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think I'll probably have a TOS. Like, he might pick Kirk.
0: He might Or pick Spock. Kirk. Yeah. Okay, yeah. how about this? How about this? Tom Paris, if Tom had actually just been Nick Locarno and not Tom Paris. <laughs> That's it.
2: That's it. So, I guess we're going to have to go find Matt now and find out what his three picks yeah, would have been.
0: Well, next time he's on the show, we'll start
2: off and we'll just do like a, we a little go. segment where we can quiz him. Excellent. I like that. Idea. And then
1: listeners, if you think you know Matt really well, tell us in the comments what you think his top three characters yeah. would be.
2: And please tell us what your top three characters are. Mm. Yes. It's always fun reading that stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. Because sometimes I see someone write something and I'm like, damn, why didn't I think of that?
2: Exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> man, that's a really good one. <laughs> yeah. So, well,
1: this was, a, this was a really fun idea for a show, Jared. Yes, this is well, a oh, good. I'm yeah. glad. I'm, I
0: thought, you know, this is one that I thought we'd had this on our evergreen list for a couple of years. So um, I'm glad it was uh, so well received when I suggested it. And yep. thank you, everybody, for coming along with us on it. Thank you, those who have listened all the way to the end. We sure appreciate it. <laughs> we sure do. As always. Well, we've had a few laughs, shed a few tears. But the most important thing is we've learned something about ourselves. That's right. And isn't that really what life is all about? Here we are hurling through space on this big blue marble. And I wonder why. And other people ask why not or something. And that's the end. And we'll see you for the rest of 2021.
2: Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. We'll see you soon.
1: See you next time, guys.
2: Bye, everybody.